Welcome to Enchenio and Strength Podcast. This is a podcast to help new and aspiring entrepreneurs get your business off the ground with simple, easy, and effective mindset and business strategies. I am your host, Maria C. Krause. I love music, and I'm fully aware that I can't sing, but I do it anyways. It's the little things in life that spark my soul. I'm fascinated with the deep blue of the sky, the stars, and the moon, and I also love ice cream, tons of it. In this podcast, I bring special guests from all over the world, from different backgrounds and niches of expertise, who share their unique story and their most valuable tools, tips, and strategies to help you become more successful in all areas of your life. We cover everything from branding, mindset tools, Facebook ads, how to start a podcast, how to build a Facebook group, you name it. We're here to help you and empower you to build a life and business you always dreamed of. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Unchanging Your Strength Podcast. And today's special guest, we have Teresa Romaine. Romaine, hi, Teresa. How are you? I am great and so delighted to be here with you. Oh, my God. I love it already. Teresa did a webinar before she joined me here on the podcast. So she's full of energy and like she's like ready to jump out of the screen. And I'm loving it. <laughs> loving it, loving it, loving it. Teresa, you are a, an abundance coach and you've been doing this for, you said, 28 years. You didn't want to count the three, but we're going to count it. I want, I want people to hear your story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've been an abundance coach for 25 years. And, a, and I was an entrepreneur for a few years before that, not a successful entrepreneur, but, but I was an entrepreneur. Um, my story in brief, um, I graduated from college with a degree in business. I re secretly wanted to have a theology degree, um, but my mom was, no, you can't do that. You need to make money. You have student loans to pay off. So really early on, got to make money, got to make money, got to make money. So I got a corporate job. I'm great job, great income. Didn't like it, but six figure income. I like that a lot, but it wasn't meaningful. It wasn't adding joy to my life. My joy came from every place but my work. Um, very lots of status, lots of perks, but not what fed my soul and my heart. And so I was looking for a different way to make a difference in people's lives and make money. And then my now husband introduced me to network marketing. And I thought, this is the ticket. And I quit my corporate job to do that business full time because I was sure we were going to succeed. And about a year into that, into that full-time venture, it was like the only thing that was growing rapidly was our debt. And at that <laughs> moment, Dan and I discovered we do not agree when it comes to money because his response to this debt was, we have to cut back. We have to cut back. We have to cut back. And that just felt like <laughs> deprivation to me. And yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't do deprivation, Dan. You got to get that. <laughs> And so I just said, we have to work harder. We have to work harder so we can make more, make more. And we were both right and we were both wrong. But I call that period in my life now, that's the quagmire of scarcity that really set me on the journey. And for the past 25 plus years, I've been like one step ahead of scarcity, studying principles of abundance and prosperity and success and money management and debt elimination and all those things that we do. But the truth is, I was still an abundance coach who wasn't experiencing much abundance. Okay. That was my secret shame. 
I was teaching all this stuff. I knew this stuff. I even saw it making a difference in my people's lives, but it wasn't giving me the life that I wanted. It wasn't giving me the income I wanted, or at least when it did, it was because I was working so hard all the time, offering more programs, offering more services, all of that. And finally, it's like, I just, I just can't keep living that way. So I finally adopted Dan's okay, we're going to cut back. We're going to cut back. We're going to cut back. <laughs> and I cut my, my, my light, my, our, our expenses down to next to nothing. So I didn't have to work all the time and work so hard in my business could just make it on a just enough level. And that was great. Cause now I had time to do things I loved and it fed my soul and I was truthfully burnt out and I got to heal on that level. But then I just kind of stayed at that level. Cause it was like, well, okay. And I settled into this it's okay. Survival mm-hmm. level. Yeah. And then one day about five years ago, it, it like something burst inside of me and I realized I was dying on the inside that I felt like a shrunken version of who I was created to be. And I showed up on a call with my coach, Pat, and I just said, this isn't living Pat. And she said, yes, this is great news, which was like, what? <laughs> but, but she was right. It was like, it hurt. But I was finally open to see what I hadn't been able to see before. And that moment set me on a new trajectory in the work I do to discovering a whole nother level of scarcity that I didn't see that I don't think anybody's really seeing or addressing. And until we address that, we're never going to experience life in all of its abundance as it's meant to be lived. So that's a short form of my story, my dear. It's deep. It's profound. And, and thanks for sharing you, being honest about you are not being hitting the numbers or being in the abundance place while your clients were, but you weren't feeling that you were getting there. I mean, it yep. takes a lot of courage to say that, to admit that, especially after working so for so many years in the same industry. Yep. A lot of people yep. would have quit. You know, a lot of people would have oh, been like, okay, close. I'm doing something wrong. Yes. And what kept you going? Um, well, what kept me going? Well, well, okay, let's be real. Until that moment when I said to Pat, this isn't living. What kept me going was my shame. Mm -hmm. Because if I quit, then people would find out. As long as I kept going, they didn't know. And I still had this hope that I'd finally, I'd finally make enough money or I whatever. And then, then I'd be great. So one thing that kept me going in a sense was I don't want anybody to know. Um, um, what will people think? The fear of judgment, the fear of being a failure, the fear of being a quitter, all those things were not taught to be. One thing kept me going. And, um, you know, we had enough to live a very simple lifestyle. And I'm really good at rationalizing. It's like, oh, I'm happy. We've got so much more than others. Let me practice gratitude for mm-hmm. what I have. I teach gratitude. Let me. And so I used a lot of my abundance principles to rationalize and justify that where I was was okay. And I was okay with it, but it wasn't true. Um, okay. Another thing that kept going was quite frankly, I didn't know what else I would do that I would enjoy more. And then about, mm, uh, eight years ago, an opportunity came, which is really funny. I, I was raised Catholic and I had an opportunity came along. The, the, the priest who's a friend of ours at our local country parish 
gave me an opportunity to first work full time at the church that was going to lead to full time. And it was like 30 years later, oh my gosh, I finally get to do what I wanted to do back in college. Mm -hmm. And so while it started out part time, I jumped in with both feet because that that's my pattern. And I prepared to wind down my business. Oprah went 25 years. I figured 20 years, that's a good run for me. I started <laughs> to plan my exit. Yeah. And one year into doing that and getting into all the, you know, the spirituality and the religion and the God and the faith stuff that I love, I was suddenly going, oh my gosh, this applies to my business. Oh my gosh, I need to teach this to people. Oh my gosh, that. And it was almost like God was saying to me, you have not let go of this idea that business isn't where you want to be, that you want to be doing something else. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it. And then you'll finally realize that's not where you're meant to be. That's not where you want to be. So then about five years ago, I began bringing my business back from the ashes. But in the process, it was in a commitment, like I was going to find what I hadn't seen before why it didn't work for me and why it only worked to a certain level for so many people. Because I see people who are like making lots of money and yet it's still not enough. There's yeah. still something's yeah. not enough. Like, why do we live in this perpetual not enough? So that's what I began the journey, all of which is kind of, it's been a journey of like, whoa, let's, you know, discovery, inspiration, played around. And in the past year, it's all started to come together. And I launched, I'm still an abundance coach, but I'm teaching stuff at a whole new level, at a deeper level that makes all the other stuff I've taught finally work. I love that. Do you think, Teresa, that sometimes it's not, it's the timing that sometimes we have to go through certain parts or certain experiences in order to get where we want to get that it's not that we're missing something you know we might or we might be missing something but it's not the right time for us to see it you know like in your case it probably till you went to church and start doing this kind of work you realize what if that would have happened five years previously you probably wouldn't have seen it yeah I, I you know I, I think so but I think I look at it this way instead I like to think of God, spirit, the divine as the great composter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have a garden. And so whatever happens in our lives is always going to be recycled or composted into service of new life and new growth in us. So I can look back now at one level. Maybe I couldn't see it. Maybe the timing was wrong. Maybe I was just too afraid and resistant. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest shifts that happened for me was I began to see all my scarcity as gift. That's what I can call it. I can see it as gift in disguise. We so often think of scarcity as a problem, as something yeah. to be fixed. And what I've learned is all of that, all of the things that I taught, all of the experiences I had trying to make more, do less, you know, all of that sort of stuff really was shaping me, forming me helping me discover what I've since discovered so that I could share it as gift in the life for the lives of others. So does that answer your question? You know, timing, yes. Yes. 
But rather than worry about timing, I just learned to, let's just think of everything as gift. Yes, yeah. Okay, I'm going through this right now. What's the gift here? Let me get the gift here. I think what blocked me more was I didn't see it as gift. I saw it as problem. Yeah. No, it does answer. And I get it completely. The reason why I'm asking is because it's been like you've been in business for 25 years and then you see people who are starting in business and after two years, they're already like, oh my God, what I'm missing. And they go into that, you know, that my like mindset on negative and then like going them, driving themselves crazy. What am I missing? What am I doing wrong? What is this? What is that? And try to find so many different things you know, try to find pinpoint what is it exactly when sometimes it's not that you're doing something wrong. I think sometimes it's that you're probably seeing something, you're not yeah. seeing something that yeah. you might not be ready to see at that moment. Absolutely. At some level, we may not be able to see it. And the other thing that I think happens again, I like to garden, we grow lots of vegetables is um, so it's spring. So we're planting. So I can plant some lettuce seeds in our garden. And I know I'm going to be picking a fresh salad mm-hmm. in four to six weeks. Okay. Yeah. My tomato plants, they're going to take a little long, longer <laughs> longer to produce tomatoes. Yeah. And what I think happens, especially in our culture these days, and what I call the archetype of scarcity is we think fast is better. We all want to be lettuce. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we can have our results yeah. right away. Yeah. But if I'm a tomato, And I'm beating myself up because I've not produced anything that somebody can eat in six weeks. Oh my gosh, that's the problem. I have to embrace and accept that I'm a tomato and my timeline is different. I can't compare myself to others. I have to grow and evolve and produce fruit in my own timing. So I like that. That is such a simple way of putting it. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people drive, it's that. It's just like that comparison, that watching. It's like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Why is she making 10 figures already? And and there's also the other part that people are not, are not showing what's behind. Like you were saying, like you were ashamed of telling people that you weren't there. And you kept yes. going and co- kept going. And what is it? Fake it till you make it kind of thing that I absolutely yeah. hate that phrase. I never liked right. it since the moment I started. But I was right. like, is that what brings it to people to pretend something that they're not? Yeah. And here's the thing. In all those years when I was ashamed, most people probably looked at me and said, oh, she's doing so well. She's successful. I want to be like her. That just added to my shame and my secrecy. Yes. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> exactly what you mean, Teresa. Because I had yeah. that on my first year in business. And I was like, I was barely scraping it on my first year of business. And I, I was in the roller coaster. I was more in the down part of the roller coaster than in the high. But I did. I followed. I was like, fake it till you make it. I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through until I burned out. And I was like, I can't. I can't pretend anymore. I was like, this is not happening. Yeah, and and what I've discovered, and it's like what I wish I had, even if somebody had told me it when I began my business, it wouldn't have made a difference. But I wish I had known it in my (laughs) being. Um, In our culture, we confuse abundance with money and external results. Yes. And if we have abundance defined... (laughs) as, you know, having more, you know, lots, plenty, you know, all of that sort of stuff, the opposite of scarcity, which is, you know, not enough, 
then abundance is always, always, always something outside of us. It's a goal, a destination. It's measured by something outside of us. Money being one of the biggest ones, but that's not abundance. Mm -hmm. If we keep defining abundance and you know, by money and external results, we're never going to experience the abundance that's all around us. Yeah, we're you know? always going to be looking for something else to fulfill that. Exactly, we? exactly, exactly. And that's what happens because in our, you know, in our human, you know, development, you know, things happen. It's part of developing an ego and egos aren't bad. Okay. Um, but things happen where we stop trusting who we are and we start to think we should be like this and we can't be like that. And we're supposed to be like this person and we start to develop beliefs that, you know, I don't matter or I'm too much or I'm not enough or I'm not worthy. And what we don't and then what we do is we either try and hide that or we try to protect ourselves from it. And what we that's the scarcity that is kind of like the seed with yeah. which we're trying to do more and be more. Because if I can do all this, then that proves that I'm enough or that proves that I'm important or I'm worthy. You but we it. got a scarcity seed and you can't grow an abundance seed from an abundance tree from a yeah. scarcity seed. It doesn't matter what you try and do. But you said the two words there because it's like, okay, do more, improve. Because we always, it's, it's that. They go, it seems like they go hand in hand and it's always external as well because you're doing more to prove somebody else. Uh, and, and it's sad. It's, but it's something that we have been taught forever like i think absolutely that's all part of what i call the invisible archetype of scarcity that's been you know perpetuated and dominated our world for centuries the fact that it's not accurate <laughs> it's not how things are created to be we miss mm -hmm. that yeah yeah well, like we've been compared, like we've been compared to our siblings, we've been compared to our cousins, we've been compared to our friends, we've been compared in school yeah. with our kids. It's, it's, there's always a comparison there. There's like, why can't you be like that? Why can't you do more? Like, why can't you? And, and then there's that continuous internal fight with our, within ourselves to prove the other person that we can do it. And yep. sometimes we end up doing stuff that we don't even want to do just to prove that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and even all of our efforts are, you know, at abundance, I just did this webinar I was telling you about, and I always say like in the archetype of scarcity, when we're looking, seeing through life, through scarcity, which is so, it's so subconscious, we may be aware of it to one level, but there's deeper levels that's subconscious. And it's like wearing red lens glasses and not knowing it. So everything you're going to see is red. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And if you see it as red long enough, you're actually going to believe it is red because, again, you don't know you're wearing this. So then everything you do is in reaction to red. Yeah. So if I see red walls there, I'm going to paint, 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 paint to try and make blue walls. But there's no amount of painting that's going to turn those walls blue because I still got these red glasses on. 
And then I might go, oh, forget it. I don't need blue walls. I'm happy with what I've got. So now I've settled. But it's again, because those red glasses are on. And then you take it one level further. Well, we don't want scarcity. And we're aware of that. And we, we want abundance, the opposite of scarcity. And so then we start to develop a money mindset and abundance mindset. But what we don't realize is we're just putting green glasses on top of red ones. <laughs> That's interesting. We got to take. We gotta I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> So we could see it clearly and then we could respond to what is, what's what's in us, what's wanting to flow through us, what's here for us, what's all around us, what's in this moment. That's where the abundance is. And you did say something about that staying on that moment, stay being comfortable where we are. But, you know, and you used the word gratitude as well. Because mm-hmm. so I think, I mean, Gratitude is important, but I believe that sometimes we lean so much in it because we can't get out of that state that we're supposed to get out. Absolutely. And, and this is just a new piece that I've been taking on and practicing in my life. In how we normally do gratitude, which I will submit is still on an on a archetype of scarcity, on a foundation of scarcity. It's like we're grateful for specific things. Oh, this good thing happened to me. I'll be grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this wonderful thing happened. I'll be grateful for it. Oh, I got a new client. I'll be grateful for it. So it's kind of like a conditional gratitude. If we get things that we consider pleasurable or preferable or whatever, we'll be grateful. That's what we're taught. Somebody gives us a present. We tell them, thank you. Thank like you. That. Yeah. But what about all the other stuff? And so a practice that I've been personally taking on is like, what does unconditional gratitude look like? Like, thank you for everything. Like, just for no reason, just Mm -hmm. not for a specific, just thank you. So I've sometimes, I go through my day and I'm just like, every time I'm not, it's like, I'll just practice saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because it's not for something. (laughs) Yep you know, specific. It's like, it's all abundance. You and I woke up today and that isn't because of what something we did. Yeah. You know, I can take care of myself. I can eat healthy. I can do all that. But I know there's some place in the world, somebody who did all those things probably better than me didn't wake up today. Yeah. So the fact that I'm here being given life right now, that's gift, which makes everything on top of it gift too. You're absolutely right. Yeah. We haven't learned to see that way. I I remember I used to listen to this uh, meditation from Lewis Hay. And I remember the first time I heard it, I just I found it so funny. I'm going to stop laughing because she did. She was it was a gratitude meditation. And she was like, I think the plumber and I think the yeah, the electricity and I think all these things. And I was like, this is so weird. But as I start listening more into it, I'm like, that is right. I mean, without all those things that we take for granted, we couldn't wash our face. We couldn't like put the stove on. We couldn't have the heat. We couldn't, we couldn't get up every day and live our lives. And it's just the simple things there that. Yeah. It's just thank you for life, which is life is all those things, but life is this energy that's flowing through us every time we take a breath. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the real thank you's for. Yeah. You know, the spiritual mystic Meister Eckhart once said, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, it will be enough. 
There's the stance. That's the stance. Thank you. That's the stance that opens us. Um, and when we're open, guess what? <laughs> Things can come in. Things can come in. And we're like, oh, I don't like that. Or that's a problem or this. Or okay, but now we're going through life far too often blocking even when we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. My gosh. Okay. So let's talk about the unseen archetype. You mentioned it a few times, the unseen uh -huh. archetype of scarcity. And I want to know a little bit more about it. It's something that well, you say you work with that, you work with your clients with that. And because we always hear the word abundance, abundance is always there, how we go into abundance, but it's going, this is going back into what this you is said. Going deeper, deeper. Yeah, this is going deeper. And the archetype of scarcity, we, we uh, there's so much i'll be quick <laughs> bottom line it's it's that we we're wearing these red lens not enough glasses all the time and we don't know it <laughs> and then if we take those off we discover we're wearing red contacts <laughs> and then if we stuff. take the contacts out <laughs> we discover our eyes are bloodshot and red okay <laughs> that's how pervasive it is how automatic it is But a couple of things that keep it in place is um, this like judgment of scarcity, lack, limitation, not enough, as bad, wrong, to be avoided. Notice mm -hmm. when we're avoiding something, we're trying to block it, we're resisting it. And what we want is abundance, which is defined as the opposite of scarcity, more, lots, plenty. That's what we want. That's the American dream. Okay. Yeah. But if you, and, and, and we can try and make more, do less, whatever way we get there. But if you're, if you're defining abundance as the opposite of scarcity, if you're trying to pursue abundance, chase abundance to avoid scarcity, you're still in reaction to scarcity. And when you're in reaction to something, it still has power over you. You're not free. So the archetype of scarcity is, is all at different levels. It's how we see money through not enough. We see ourselves as not enough and we try to do more to prove ourselves mm -hmm. enough or we make ourselves more by, oh, I live simply and I don't make a lot of money. And we do that to try and make ourselves feel more or better. You know, Catholic girl hearing about the saints who lived in poverty. Hey, that's a great way to make myself feel better, you know, like that. Yeah. Um, but but deep, 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 it's like so our our worth, our value, our importance comes from something outside of us. It's not inherent. And I've traced that archetype goes back. And, and one thing that perpetuates it is in most Western religion, mainstream religions, we have a God who's separate from us. We talk about God is out in heaven and we're down here mm -hmm. and he's up there and we're down here. And there's a split between the spiritual and the physical worlds. And if we're good when we live, then we die. We can join God in heaven. Again, he's out there, not down here. And on top of it, many of us have a, some sense of, and if we do bad, we could go to hell. So at some level, this God might be scary or punishing. So how can we trust 
in something bigger than us, I got to protect myself. I got to take care of myself. I got to save myself. Like all of this is going on. We can't trust our inherent worth. We can't trust I'm a tomato plant, not a lettuce. If we can't trust the God who created us in the universe that we created, where we created it. Okay. So the archetype of scarcity and what keeps us in it is we keep making that abundance the opposite of it. So a big piece that blew things open for me about five, six, four or five years ago was it's like, okay, well, if that's not abundance, what is? And I got a divine download. And if people come to my website, they can get this definition and a poster Mm -hmm. and a video saying more, but I'll share it. Abundance is knowing. And I don't mean head knowing. I mean, knowing it in our beings, our soul, our heart, that we are part of something bigger than us and our individual efforts and lives something loving and powerful and creative and resourceful and eternal and infinite and generous and all of these things. And in that, that we have access to all that we need. When we can live from this place of knowing I'm part of something bigger than here, it's not up to me totally. And I have, I have access to all that I need. I may not, know how to access it, but I can trust that everything I need is already here. Well, now we can relax a little bit. Now, I call this the divine archetype of abundance because it's kind of like the prototype for creation. Because you know what? We do this every time we breathe. Yeah. Because when we breathe in the oxygen that gives us life, a resource, we didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to deserve it. We didn't have to make it already there. We open to receive it. Now our bodies know how to utilize it in ways to support life. And then guess what? We release the excess that doesn't support life in us, but it creates life in the world around us. And there's this cycle. What happens when we're in the archetype of scarcity is we don't trust that cycle. So we like, I better hold on to this breath. What if there's not (laughs) oxygen in the next moment, you know? Yeah. And now we've just created scarcity and I can hold my breath and experience scarcity, but it's not because the oxygen isn't around. It's because we don't trust that something bigger because we haven't been taught to. And we also don't trust that that something bigger is in us too. Like that's not the stuff we've been taught. So we bring this scarcity based fear based attitude, perception, belief system to money. And we have all sorts of evidence. Well, you know, you know, you know, you know like suppose, that. But. Yeah, I, th- I think like the, the reason why people use money as something that is, is something that is tangible and it can be seen yes. and it's exactly. there. But you can yeah, be a complete and- a-hole and have loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of them going around. <laughs> yep. And, 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 and notice that that definition of abundance wasn't like abundance is knowing that I am some part of something bigger. Because that's the other thing that keeps us in the archetype of scarcity. We think of it as individual, my abundance, yeah. my money, yeah. my this. Yeah. I've never once in my life ever thought of it as my oxygen, Maria. You can't have any of yeah. this. This is my oxygen. Oh, I better not breathe too much because I'm going to take some of your oxygen. We go into this 
individual separate self. And once we do that, then it really is all up to us to protect, to take care of. We've got to open to be part of the something bigger again. It's not my money, it's money. And there is more than enough money in this world for no one to go hungry. It's just that at a deeper level, we use money to validate ourselves, to make ourselves feel important and worthy. And so the more money I have, the more worthy I am. And so now we're going to hold on instead of be part of the flow. We block the flow. In some place, somewhere else, I got more, but somebody's got less than they need. That's just the way it works. Okay, I'm probably getting too philip too no, deep here for you. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm just like it's, it's just the, the you know the the idea and the way people idolize money and the way the energy of money goes yes. in, into people's lives as well because it, it is. I, somebody told me that they was like, oh, the more money you make, the more money you make, the least you'll spend, and I was like. I don't know. And they were like, well, that's how rich people get rich. And I was like, that's something that you people say. I'm like, and it's not, it doesn't apply for everybody. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it doesn't. Yep. It doesn't. It doesn't, but it does for some, but it does for some, yeah. but here's the whole thing. Notice how so much of the conversation of our lives is about money. Yes. Yeah. Tell me what parent bringing their baby home from the hospital and watching it sleep you know, with amazement in their eyes is thinking, oh, darling daughter, I'm so glad you're here so you can grow up and make money. <laughs> I love your face. I know if you can see her ladies. <laughs> you know, like, we weren't created for money. No. To make no. money. I'm not saying we. it's not a life-giving resource that we need, but... We've made it the focus of our lives. And when we have enough, that elusive point of enough, then I can really start living my life. When I retire, then I'll do what I love. No. Yeah. You've got to say yes to, I'm a tomato plant. Yeah. No, definitely. (laughs) But you said it. Yeah. You are. But you said it is like you try, you did the I work a lot and work loads and work loads yeah. and then nothing you leave we leave with nothing, you know? Let's just say you felt more empty. It's like because you can't serve in the capacity that you want to serve. You're not giving your clients the best that you can give them. You know, you're just Yeah, like, and here's the thing. Too much water for my tomato plant, too little water. Either mm-hmm. way, it's not gonna thrive. It's not gonna be all that it could be. Now, I'm not saying there's a one-size-fits-all, because um, if you had a swamp-loving cypress tree down in Louisiana where it, like, sucks up water all the time, and you tried to transplant that to the desert, it's not going to thrive. Nor is a cactus from the desert going to thrive in the swamp. Each of us need, there's, we need different resources. We need different Um, levels of different resources to be who we were created to be to and be a contribution in the world. For some, that may be more money and for others, it's less. For some, you know, but it's not, our lives aren't about money. It's about who am I and how do I be more of who I uniquely am? Yeah. And how do I express that in my business? And how do I express that in my relationship with money? And how do I express that in my relationships with other people? That's the starting point, that inner abundance. And here's the thing, when my tomato plants are only one inch tall, 
they're still tomato plants. Yeah. <laughs> they're not just become tomato plants when they've suddenly got red fruit hanging on them. It's not the fruit that makes you a tomato plant. Tomato plant is in your DNA in this analogy. And so if as a tomato plant, you are get you receive all the resources you need, you're going to produce red fruit. But guess yeah. what? The tomato doesn't get to eat its own fruit. The fruit is to be shared it's to give to life. Shared. We're just we're a channel. We're a channel. Of- yeah. But we have to be cared for. Like our bodies know how to use oxygen. I mm-hmm. wish we were hardwired to know exactly how to use money in ways that support life in us and access everything we don't. But Ooh. you know what? We have to learn that one. Yeah, but I think it's best if we learn it. Imagine if everybody had the power to do that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. They're still good at evil. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's a choice, and that's based on consciousness and stuff like that. You know, it's like, but if if we all knew how to do that and we were hardwired for it, wow, what a different world we live in. It would be a difference. Teresa, it's been really, really interesting talking about this from a place of scarcity. Yeah, no, I think it's the first time I spoke about money from a place of scarcity and try to understand where, you know, where is the lack, where is the, what we need to be grateful as well and what we need to fulfill in order to receive the energy and to let that energy into our lives. So I think that's important. It's like, you know, we spoke to someone earlier today and it was that we will, we, give away is what we receive and if we go into that that mindset of you know and uh, mindset and also i think we go it it goes physiological as well when you were so worried about money or worried about things it just it translated in the whole in your whole being yes it affects everything yep yep that's why it's like (laughs) gotta get those red glasses off not put green ones on top yeah take them off so we can see Early. And accept if you're a tomato. Got that? Yeah. <laughs> accept it. Don't try to be a lettuce. I love that. <laughs> it is romaine. It's a kind of lettuce, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because sometimes when you were saying those analogies, I was like, oh my God, if they can grow at the same time sometimes, because I had this this last summer, I had like, I had tons of basil like tons of basil and i didn't have tomatoes and i was like oh why can't you just grow together (laughs) yeah i can make my caprese salad i know know that i know that place so well i do i do i do because i love my basil and my fresh tomatoes yeah (laughs) it's just like what happened what happened but it's nature and it's the course of life and that's what we have to we have to accepted that yeah accepted yep. yeah accepted and yeah and, and be grateful for what we have there then and there <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so that, I mean, it's been it's been a wonderful conversation love spending time with you and before we wrap up can you please tell us and thank you thank you for being so openly and honest about your journey i think it's not i think you're probably one of the few entrepreneurs that i had a conversation with that are open about that part I think a lot especially with the part of shame and carrying that shame because I think it's something that nobody wants to be telling everybody you know it's not no. it's not one of those things that you share so openly you yep. know 
because because of this people might think oh yeah well that if you went through that how does it make you an expert and sometimes it's amazing how we can do so much for others and then we don't translate in our lives like we can give results we can help other ones get a result and then for us it's just we have this big block yeah Mm -hmm. that would be more like oh i'm not worthy i'm not you know that's just like oh Okay, mm-hmm. gotta take those red glasses off. Yeah, gotta. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. No, it yeah. does happen. So, if anybody wants to reach out and work with you, uh, get to know you more, where they can find you? Um, my website is www. Of course, teresa Let me spell that because Teresa is without an H. I got the H knocked out of me a long okay. time ago. So, e e r e s a romaine r o m a i n no e dot com. That's where you go. And if you want to get the videos with more on that definition of abundance, just click on the begin here button and that will take you to the place where you can you can dive deeper into that. Okay, perfect. So we'll drop all the links here. And Teresa, before we wrap up, I mean, anything you want to share with somebody who's who's still trying to figure it out, figure out the relationship with money, the relationship with abundance, where to start? Um. Pay attention to money, please, (laughs) because sticking your head in the sand around money is always going to create scarcity. Pay attention to it, but see money as as an external mirror. Whatever's happening in your money with your money is, is it's like a mirror trying to reflect back to some place in you that's Mm -hmm. needing healing, that's needing growth. So instead of judging it as good as bad, see money as your teacher. What are you, what are you telling me right now? Where are you inviting me to grow into who I really am? Not identified by how much I make or where I live and all of that. That's what I would say is pay attention to it. We need to learn how to use it in ways that support life. And that includes limits and all that. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, use it as the mirror because it's it's telling you something about things going on inside of you that are ready to heal. Thank you. That's a very interesting way to put it in perspective of the relationship you have with it. Well, say with Munia, anything material or anything that is, yeah, that's part of your life, uh, that relationship. Teresa, thanks a million. Again, thank you. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you. And for everybody who's been listening, you know, drop uh, drop your comments. Tell us what you think about it. If you have any questions, you know where to find us. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon now. And uh, and yeah, give us a shout and tell us what, what you think about this episode. And I uh, will see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, lovies. I love to hear your thoughts and opinions. So drop your comments or give us a shout. I'd like to get to know you more and what help and support do you need most to help you grow your business. I am Maria C. Krause and I help entrepreneurs become more visible by sharing their unique story, inspire, heal, and make a bigger impact. If you'd like to become a guest or a collaborator in any of our platforms or simply want to know about how I can help you take your business to the next level, you can find me on all social media platforms under Maria C. Krause or check out my website for freebies and updates at www.mariacrause.com. Make sure to follow us and share with your best besties to get your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to kick ass in life and in business. Love, like, 
being. Have a wonderful day, whatever in the world you are. Bye.